You could have gone with Nathan Fillion. He's a fan. He even put up a fan-made movie. Nathan Fillion has literally been begging for years to do this. Yes, and he looks like Nathan Drake. And his name is fucking Nathan. Exactly. If that's not all meant to be, I don't know what is. Exactly. I'm Chris. I'm Amy. And you're at the movies with the madams. Welcome, everybody, to our continuation of Nerding Out Month, but more importantly, Amy's first recording in her new home. Yay! You guys have no idea just how happy I am to be recording in my new house. She actually hired a choir. (laughs) And... It saddens me to know that my first recording is going to be a rant. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Today we are discussing uh, Uncharted. This movie has taken my temper to uncharted territories. (laughs) How long you had that one in the chamber? I actually had a few others planned, but this just popped into my head right now. Impressive. Thank you. So in what is supposed to be a swashbuckling romp, but most certainly is not, two man children spend an hour and 56 ever-loving minutes arguing, hunting treasure, and generally ruining a beloved video game franchise. Yes, and one key differentiator is one man-child actually does look like a child. (laughs) Mr. Holland looks more his age now. At least than he once did. True, but I can't help but think of him as Peter Parker. Baby Peter Parker. I understand. And along with him is Mark Wahlberg, and for reasons I'll never understand, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, he was a bit of a surprise in this. Yeah, does he have a tax problem I'm unaware of? I can't imagine any other reason why he agreed to make this movie. Boredom? I can think of a thousand better things to do. (laughs) Maybe he was duped. Maybe he thought he was going to be like the Hispanic Indiana Jones. You know, it could be he was on drugs from when he had his heart attack three years ago. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't in his right mind. No. Mm -hmm. So I can forgive him for that. Mm -hmm. I cannot, however... Forgive director Ruben Fleischer for making this nonsense. Thank you for saying his name because I had no idea how to say it. (laughs) And for this movie, we are actually adding a category. And uh, this category is going to be coming up in future discussions as well. Today's new category is just called Goofs and Nonsense. (laughs) And this category is the episode. Pretty much. So obviously, if you've seen the movie... We've all had the same experience. We all saw it this year. It's just a matter of theaters or home. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it was home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we come to this today from a polar opposite backgrounds with it. Those of you who've been listeners for a while know that I am not a gamer in any sense. So I came into this 
movie with no concept of the game or its characters, only the rantings of Amy and my husband about the casting and the premise. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't think you've ever held a controller in your hand, have you? Not since I was about eight. Okay. Yeah, I saw, I did see my husband, like, play the game a few times ages ago while I was just sitting there reading, really not paying mm -hmm. attention to it. Yeah, and which is fair, you wouldn't be following the story or know who's what or anything. Yeah, but I could, like, recognize an image of Nathan Drake if somebody showed Sure. I, on the other hand, have played all the Uncharted games, and I love them. Naughty Dog is a fantastic game studio. And seeing this movie has pissed me off so much. It is unbelievable. I know there's a history with video games making bad movies. This was not as terrible as some of the others, but it just completely fucked with all the characters. Yeah, it made like it may not be as bad, but it hurts more. Mm hmm. Yeah, I had a very hard time getting through it twice i had to get up and put my phone in another room yeah the first time i saw it i was getting angrier with each passing moment the second time i was just hate watching mm -hmm. yeah so when we talked about the batman a couple of weeks ago i had said then that the batman was a combination of batman returns and daredevil in a blender mm -hmm. just making that delicious smoothie you know and I felt similarly about Uncharted because it's also like a combination movie. So in this case, it was like, you know, when you're little and go to the movies, Aim, I don't know if they have the same setup there, but here, you know, you have the big soda fountain and that day comes when you're finally old enough to get your own soda and mom or dad or whoever hands you your cup and says, go ahead and go get your soda. And you see all those sodas lined up. If you're like me, you're a little fat kid who loves sugar. See all those sodas lined up <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm going to get every single one. Yeah. And you take a bit of every single soda. You go, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And you take a sip and throw up. That's uncharted. That is an appropriate analogy. <laughs> and did you actually do that? Yes, I did. <laughs> that is a rite of passage for American children. Really? At least it was in the 90s. We all have that regret in common. Right, millennials? Her question was more pleading than you think. <laughs> so I felt like Uncharted was a combination of The Goonies, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ocean's Eleven and Pirates of the Caribbean, but just like the worst mismatch, mishmash of it all. Okay, so Ocean's Eleven, you saw that too, right? I'm not crazy. How could I not see it? Okay. We'll get to it. Yeah, I thought I was seeing things. I wished I was seeing things, like anything other than this movie. <laughs> it's just two hours. Yeah. It's two hours of desperately trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. Yeah, I wanted to stop watching the movie and watch Ocean's Eleven instead. Yeah, that's always a good day. That is. It always is. George Clooney can make my day any day. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about 
our two stars here. What a waste of Tom Holland. Yeah, because he's completely wrong for the role. I'll take your word on that. I don't know. It's probably the fact that I'm biased and I love his Spidey so much, but I couldn't help but see Peter Parker in certain parts in the movie, especially the first line he says in the movie when he kicks one of those bad guys and he says, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. That was not Nathan Drake. That was Peter Parker. I totally get what you're saying. And it is 100% valid because... They don't establish who Nathan Drake is. At all. In fact, what they do establish is completely wrong based on the games. They fucked with his character so badly. Yeah. Why is he a thief? No, Nathan Drake is a thief, but he's not a common thief. He's a treasure hunter. That's what I mean. He's not set up to look like a good guy. At all. No. Nathan in the games is not a good guy per se because he is a treasure hunter at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't take on jobs from shady individuals. Mm -hmm. And he's definitely in it for the profit, but he's not willing to compromise on his morals. Right. I mean, shades of Indiana Jones, of course, because really when you think about it, Indy's not a great guy either. Sure. And in the game, with the structure of the game being as it is, he kills a lot of guys. You know, oh, okay. they're shooting a lot. Okay. But that's just how the game works. I also found myself being scared for Tom Holland all the time because I just was worried that Mark Wahlberg was being awful to him on the set or was like bullying him <laughs> because of this script and what they have Wahlberg doing with him. And I have to wonder too, if Marky Mark was pissed that Tom Holland got a workout montage and he didn't. Yeah. I don't know much about Mark Wahlberg, except for the article that you sent me. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Card carrying. Uh-huh. So I can't say anything about him, about his behavior off screen, but if they gave Sully, a workout scene, I would have broken my laptop. <laughs> I will say this, though. I do appreciate the workout scene. I very much appreciate the way Tom Holland looks in this movie. It got me through it. It's the only thing that got me through it. And for once, I'm not part of the problem here because I would not have watched this movie just for him. It's one of those things where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, thank God, because he's all I've got. <laughs> I read a joke on Reddit when the movie was being promoted and in the poster there was the picture of that pirate ship and the joke was basically that that the promotion team knew why they were putting the picture of the pirate ship in the background because they knew everyone was going to pirate the movie and the ship looks very similar to the Pirate Bay logo. Interesting. I don't know what to make of that. Mm-hmm. Now, normally I always praise Tom Holland's American accent because it's great. And I'm not criticizing him here because this is an issue with the director and with the script, but it's, it's two issues. So there are a few times they try having Tom Holland talk with kind of tough guy slang. Like there was this one line that, that stood out like a fucking beacon to me when he was talking to, what the hell's her name? Chloe? The woman. Chloe, there, but thank you. 
I'm the one. Uh, I told you a name. I know. That's how insignificant anyone in this movie is. Wait, wait, wait. I need to check something. No, this has not happened before. Yes, it hasn't happened before, but I'm trying to check if the world is ending right now. <laughs> I mean, it may be, but for any number of reasons. Well, true. This is the beginning of the end. He says to her as she's starting the car to try to get away, you don't know where you're going with them keys. And talk about off key, you know, because it's like just <laughs> so, was so jarring to the ear. The script is so inconsistent. Like with the way he talks, it's not to the level of David Harbour and Black Widow, not like that, mm -hmm. but it's a mm -hmm. couple instances here where it takes me out of the movie because like we said, they couldn't figure out who they actually wanted Nathan Drake to be, what he should be like. There's no personality to this character. Yeah. And they have no excuse because they have hundreds of hours worth of content to mine through. Yep. All they had to do was speak to Nolan North and he would have told them who Nathan Drake is. He's been voicing Nathan Drake for years. Yeah. And we know they talk to him because he's in the damn movie. Yeah. Hell, he looked more like Nathan Drake in the movie than Tom Holland looked like. <laughs> and the other issue for me with Holland's accent is that it's neutral. If you're going to set him as born and raised in Boston, I need at least an attempt from Tom Holland at a Boston accent. And we know Wahlberger, we know he can fucking do it. <laughs> but wasn't Nathan Drake in New York? Okay, after they meet in New York, you're right. It's before that's yeah. Boston. Right. And I, but I think they say something about Sully being from Boston. That's the thing. Do they? I think so. I was so bored. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I, I do not remember that at all. And anyways, for me, accents don't matter too much as long as I understand them. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, the running joke with Nathan not understanding what the Scottish guy was saying. Kill me. Please kill me. Yeah. There was absolutely nothing funny about that. And you could understand him. Yes. Yes, I did. And his name was Scotty. Yeah. And it's also less funny when everybody knows your star is also from the UK. Yeah, that's true. Or did they think that oh. would be part of the joke? <laughs> yeah, I facepalmed every time I saw that guy. Like, not again. I know it's going to happen again. Yeah, I would be willing to punch Nathan Drake if he said the same damn thing to me every time. Yeah, there's nothing likable about Nathan. Yeah. And for Tom Holland to not be likable in a movie where he's supposed to be likable, your script has to be pretty damn bad. The only thing likable about Nathan Drake is Tom Holland, as likable as he is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to Mr. Wahlberg. And guys, recently I had the pleasure of introducing Amy to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and watching her reaction. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea about Marky Mark. Yeah, he's one of those people. I'm just not clear on how and why he ever got famous. Yeah, I mean, he's not 
a great actor either. No, he's a convicted felon who did hard time for violent hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he wants to get expunged. Yeah, he did realize, that was a while ago, he, he did realize okay. the stupidity of that. Uh, but he's also never apologized, never done anything to even attempt to make amends to his victims. Nothing. Mm-hmm. However, however, it's a little complicated for me with him because, and there's nothing I can do about this, my husband bears a striking resemblance to him. So much so that he got made fun of when he was in Medhold basic training and they put on Max Payne and everybody realized at that moment, oh, holy shit. <laughs> he didn't hear the end of it after that. Because uh-huh. it's one of those things like Mark Wahlberg is a generic looking dude. Mm-hmm. There's nothing overtly noticeable about him. So right. when it comes to seeing a resemblance, like you got to see them both at the same time, you know? Right. Nothing stands out. But when you do, you're like, oh, Jesus, he's a Hispanic Marky Mark. Yep. I need to see this now. I need comparison features. (laughs) Yeah. So it's hard for me because I look at him and see my husband's face, but also (laughs) douche. So I mean, granted, sometimes (laughs) when I look at my husband, I also see douche. But, (laughs) you know, not to this level. Mm -hmm. And... This whole movie, he looks like he's about to hit something or someone the entire time. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to go on a rant about Sonny in a moment, but... (laughs) I like that it's going to be to the point you must prepare people. Yes, but before that, keeping video game Sully aside, just for a moment, if you look at this in isolation, Sully in this movie, on one hand, is supposed to be this hardened tough guy who doesn't give a shit about anyone and greedy as fuck and all that stuff. Yet at the same time, he has no problem telling Nate that he's so dependent on him to get these answers. And yet he comes across as completely ineffectual, does not do anything, makes Nate do everything and constantly insults him. And he's not even smart. So what is the point of him? Yeah, and all of this banter between Holland and Wahlberg, obviously it's supposed to be funny, but none of it lands. Ever. It's not funny. It's annoying. Yeah. It pisses me off. And you and I both know, anybody who's seen his Marvel movies, knows that Tom Holland has great comedic timing. Mm -hmm. He's a funny guy. And believe it or not, Mark Wahlberg can actually be funny. Really? Yeah. He's actually really funny playing the straight man in The Other Guys. But in this movie, the script is just so poor and the characters are so inconsistent. And like on Nathan's side, he's constantly flip-flopping then about whether or not he likes Sully, sometimes within the same damn scene. And even his decisions about, I I don't want to do this to, I'm doing this for my brother. It happens in a span of, what, 15 seconds in the movie? Yeah. How how does that make sense? How do you know he's gone through a process and done any kind of soul searching? Yeah. To reach that point. And I get lost, too. Not only with the nonsensical, barely a plot, 
But with the constant changing of who to trust and who's after what and why for whom, which is very pirates-esque, you know? Yeah. Look, all the tropes in this movie have been done. And they've been done sometimes as their own in any one particular movie or a combination of them. And they've worked. In this movie, all the fucking tropes are just smashed in and none of them work. It's like... They didn't just throw spaghetti at the wall. They got linguini, they got ziti, they got rotini, they got all different kinds of macaroni up there all yes. together. All of it, they even threw some marinara sauce in there. <laughs> now that's just a waste. Yeah, and all you get is just goop. Don't bring Paltrow into this. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> now, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So during all that crazy aerial nonsense coming out of the plane, were you more worried about the car than you were about Nathan and Chloe? Yes. I knew it. You know what? So was I, for once. <laughs> I was more worried about even the speedboat. That's fair. Yeah. Now, coming to my rant. <laughs> Here she goes. She's all warmed up. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've adjusted my seat. I'm ready to go. They completely ruined Sully's character. The whole point of the Nathan Drake games and the thing that sets them apart from all the other shooters is their relationship. At no point do you ever doubt Sully will come through because Sully is like a father figure to Nathan. They will both always be there for each other at any point, any time. Wow. Yeah. And in the games, Sully met Nathan around the time when he was a late teen. Where Nathan was struggling and he was a thief. He was trying to do something I don't remember exactly. But in the game, we have a flashback where he was trying to run away from the cops or some bad guys, and Sully helped him and took him under his wing and trained him to be a treasure hunter and be the Nathan Drake that we love. This movie took all that, all that history, and threw it in a bin, and then shat on it, and then lit it on fire. <laughs> yeah, they definitely did, just from that description. And, like, that's the thing okay, you match it up with him being a thief, but he has to be a sympathetic thief. You have to show him struggling, scraping to get by. Mm -hmm. Because there's a disconnect too between bartender Nathan Drake and the little boy in the orphanage. Nathan Drake was never a bartender. And can I also say there what bullshit that was? Any bartender who's actively, regularly stealing from people Mm -hmm. It is going to get caught so damn fast. Yeah, and something as big as that bracelet. Mm -hmm. We'll get to Little Miss Bracelet in a bit. I can't. I can't with her. <laughs> so we mentioned the Ocean's Eleven thing. Mm -hmm. And that's where it comes is Sully meeting Nathan and slipping the business card into his pocket and stealing his wallet. Right. With jeans that tight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, That's going to happen. Yeah, so just to jog everybody's memory there, that is what Danny Ocean, George Clooney's character, does to uh, Linus, Matt Damon, at the beginning of Ocean's Eleven when they're gathering everybody. And it's like extra 
are you kidding? Because Mark Wahlberg was the other person considered for that role. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And at least in that, they show it to us. And it seems plausible in, in Ocean's Eleven. Whereas here, we hardly see any hand movement. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem realistic at all. Yeah. And guess what, Wahlberg? You ain't Clooney, buddy. <laughs> There's nothing smooth about you, asshole. Not at all. And every time he thinks he's trying to con Nathan by putting up the map and all of that, he's trying to come across as smooth. And that's the thing that I was saying. Like, they're trying to do so many things with him, yet they're also undermining him by making him look stupid. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing is, if you're you're going to do the character this poorly and try to make him be all these different things, you can't have a mediocre actor trying to do that. Yeah. And did you also laugh out loud when he's drinking out of that giant wine glass? No. It just seemed so ridiculous. Again, round peg square hole, Mark Wahlberg hey, holding this giant wine glass and sipping a red. Again, just what are we doing here? That man needs a beer in his hand. <laughs> and one of his yeah, sh- and one of his shitty hamburgers. nothing in this movie made me laugh because I was just so incensed I do feel like I have to give Mark Wahlberg a bit of credit and I I don't want to but I think I have to because we've ripped on Tom Cruise and RDJ so much the one bit of credit I will give Mark Wahlberg is that he is totally fine being five foot seven okay he's got no problem with his lack of height Okay, but five foot seven is not bad. No, but like in terms of movie stars and whatnot, all mm-hmm. of that, you know, masculinity nonsense and, and, and whatnot, he's totally fine with it. So I've got to give him that. Yeah, he probably compensates by beating up shorter Asian people. Yeah, I, he has in the past. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and two, I will bet you anything. I don't own my house, so I can't bet that. I don't really have have much in the way of tangibility there, but I will bet you <laughs> anything that he demanded to wear a tank top. Even in that just one, like one scene or whatever, he demanded mm-hmm. a tank top. Okay, sure. You'd never see Solly in a tank top ever in the games. Yeah, I can believe that. He'd probably be wearing a tank top under the shirt. Okay, here's another thing. You ruin Solly's character. And then at the end of it, with uh, the post credit scene, you put him in Sully's clothes with the green shirt and that stupid mustache. This is not just killing someone. This is killing them, burying them and dancing on their grave. Yeah, let's add Mark Wahlberg to the list of men who should never have a mustache. No. And then they gave him the fucking cigar. Those are Sully's hallmarks. He always has a cigar and he wears those ridiculous Hawaiian type shirts and he has that mustache, except he's gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's clear Mark Wahlberg had no business doing this. No, this movie had no business existing. Yeah, Not not like this, no. No, I cannot believe that I am so pissed off about a white guy being treated poorly. <laughs> a 
fictional, my guy. <laughs> yes. That's very true, but it definitely sounds warranted. Yeah, let me add, a straight white guy. Yeah, that's very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. This is exactly why I've never watched most of the Harry Potter movies. This Mm -hmm. is why I don't watch most movies if I've read the book and loved it. I watched the first, I watched uh, Sorcerer's Stone, and I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I don't like what they did here. And just moving forward... I didn't even bother because I'm like, you can't fit all of this into these two, two and a half hour movies. Though I do picture most of the cast in my head True. when I read the books. The casting, you know, most of that I cannot, I cannot argue with, although I don't picture everyone. But yeah, I totally get when, when something you love is just crucified like this. It's infuriating. It is. And with Nathan Drake... You could have gone with anyone else except for Tom Holland. You could have gone with Nathan Fillion. He's a fan. He even put up a fan-made movie. Nathan Fillion has literally been begging for years to do this. Yes, and he looks like Nathan Drake. And his name is fucking Nathan. Exactly. If that's not all meant to be, I don't know what is. Exactly. He got the feeling, the vibe, the characters for the entire movie right in a 10-minute fan-made movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I absolutely adore Nathan Fillion. Mm -hmm. He's a good guy. If you haven't seen his Operation Smile and other fundraisers where he gathers up uh, things from his home that are taking up too much space in his home so he can buy more nerd uh, merch for himself yeah go watch some of those videos they're hilarious <laughs> he's like well i don't need two star trek bathrobes <laughs> yeah the key thing is that he has uh, he's a geek through and through yes and i i bet tom holland played the damn game too probably i know he had a spider-man duvet that his younger brother like still uses <laughs> But if he's played it, I don't know how he managed to get through the movie without hating himself. This is Josh. I'm Lee Wanika. And I'm Glenn. Tabletop Journeys is made up of a team of dedicated role players, storytellers, and friends. Together, we have more than 75 years of experience in countless role-playing game systems, and we love to share our passion with you. We form Tabletop Journeys to do what we love, create epic adventures in fantastic lands with amazing people. We bring our player-driven, story-first game style to everything we do. And no matter what game world you're playing in, detailed settings, heroic characters, vibrant NPCs, and a focus on story over rules can make any campaign legendary. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to check out our take on D&D 5e's core rules and ever-expanding content, and to explore other RPG systems and fresh new projects from indie content creators. Join the conversation and let us help you, player or storyteller, get the most out of your campaign's narrative, player characters, and NPCs. You can also find our original content and rule supplements by searching for Tabletop Journeys on DMs Guild, Kickstarter, and wherever you listen to podcasts. 
is Wine, Dine, and Storytime. I'm Nydia. I'm Dana. I'm Cindy. And we're your hosts. Have you ruined a family gathering by asking what wine pairs well with eating a husband? Are you the CEO of TMI? Have you ever been kicked under the table because you brought up your favorite dinner topic, atrocities throughout history? Then this podcast is perfect for you. Each week, Dana and I share stories based on topics that include true crime, historical shenanigans, unexplained mysteries, and all things fascinating while our amateur chef Cindy prepares themed dinners and pairs wines based on those topics. Find us, the Wine, Dine, and Storytime podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a follow. Yeah, I imagine there were a lot of people who hated themselves making this movie. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Mr. Banderas, (laughs) as Santiago Moncada, and can I ask... Who the hell cares about this Moncado family subplot? Okay, so this type of a subplot is usually there in all of the games. Okay. Because there has to be a bad guy in the game to shoot at. Okay, that's fair. And to reach before the bad guy reaches there so that Nate can get the treasure. That's the goal. That's the rush through the game. And what they did with Moncada was possible, was decent. The whole twist of Braddock trying to ki- killing him and all that bullshit was stupidity. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I'm saying who the hell cares because it doesn't matter because he dies. Yeah, it makes no sense. Why do you have to do that when you have the formula from all the games that have worked? This plot point and the big set pieces in this movie have all been cherry-picked from the four games, the best parts of the game. Like the part that starts the movie with Nate hanging off a plane was the beginning of Uncharted 3. That's exactly how the game starts. It starts off with Nate hanging. We escape and get to a relatively safe position where Nate is really, really hurt. And then we flash back to how this entire thing started and then we come full circle to the plane. That's Uncharted 3. They also took the pirate ship exactly that, the entire beautiful scenario with the pirate ship from Uncharted The Lost Legacy. And of course, Mankata is a generic bad guy that we see in any of the Uncharted movies. He's perfectly replaceable in any of them. So I can't believe that they take all these things and the best part of all these games and fuck it up so badly they had all the ingredients for the cake and they made lasagna (laughs) shitty lasagna yes (laughs) one thing they got right though that Moncada I mean I knew he was the villain I knew cause he's wearing a pinky rig (laughs) thank you movie for letting me know (laughs) that he was the capital b capital g bad guy (laughs) oh and the entire auction thing was also from uncharted 4 okay now let's talk about our women here maybe you can clear this up for me maybe i missed (sighs) something i don't know let me put it this way before you even say anything you did not miss anything okay i didn't think so but just checking Mm-hmm. So we have Sophia Ali as Chloe Frazier, who has zero chemistry at all 
with Tom Holland. Yeah, and Chloe and Nathan have intense chemistry in the game. Okay, so what exactly is their relationship supposed to be? Because I don't know from watching this movie. In this movie, nothing. In the games, they do have a history and they do have that intense chemistry and Chloe does come in and out as required for the plot in the various games, but she's not the main love interest. Yeah, there was no chemistry. There were mixed messages. I'm like, did they sleep together or not in the same bed wearing clothes? I I don't understand. Wearing clothes yet not wearing clothes? Yeah, I don't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Tati Gabriel as Joe Braddock. I'm sorry, but can we talk about this hair for a second? What's happening there? What's, what's going on? Her hair looks like it was pasted down to wear a wig and then they forgot to put the wig on. That's exactly what it looks like. So I've seen this woman... She's beautiful. And she's got great mm-hmm. hair. So what the hell did they do to her? I'm telling you, they forgot to put the wig on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they did to her. Yeah, and this whole sultry, vixen kind of vibe that's going, it's just terrible. And through the movie, she keeps losing clothes. I noticed that too. I'm not quite sure. Was the pay being cut with each failure? (laughs) Or was that her punishment? Take one piece of clothing off, like, you know, like strip poker, but strip treasure hunt. (laughs) I can't even remember if she lives or dies. And I looked it up when I wrote this outline. And now while we're recording, I again... Cannot remember if she lives or dies. The ship literally fell on her. Okay. Okay. But if they do want to bring her back and maybe take some more clothes off, I'm sure they'll say she dived deep enough that that the ship didn't touch her. There you go. Yeah. So aside from the strip treasure hunting, I can't call the lack of female character and agency. I can't. I'm not going to call it misogynistic because no one's a character Mm -hmm. you know it's an equal opportunity lasagna (laughs) every piece tastes equally awful right nobody has any flavor you know it takes me back this must be 25 years ago i was visiting my great aunt and uncle and my aunt made a lasagna and she had grabbed fresh herbs from her garden to make it from her pot from her planters Mm -hmm. she thought Mm -hmm. she grabbed parsley but she grabbed mint (laughs) so we had this super (laughs) minty lasagna (laughs) i mean it was still it still tasted better than this movie does so yeah at least there's something unique to it something that you will remember Yeah, clearly, 25 years later, I still remember it. She's long dead. (laughs) I'm actually curious to try minty lasagna now. Don't be. I could just add some toothpaste to it. Oh, It would taste as good as this movie. Which also wouldn't have been hurt by some toothpaste. (laughs) 
But before we move on from Joe Braddock, I feel like this character was written to be a man and then they replaced him with her. Okay, that it was going to be Joe, J-O-E Braddock. Probably, yeah. I can see that. There was nothing especially female about her. Well, aside from the fact that she kept making googly eyes at every man that walked by and tried to be seductive. Tried to be being the key word. Yeah. But I do appreciate the leather pants. There you go. The one redeeming quality of this movie. (laughs) God, how uncomfortable those must have been in that location. I know, and all the running around and jumping she had to do. Yeah, I mean, there's no way they didn't turn into Ross Gaylor pants. Yeah, true. Yeah. And I was worried about her relationship with her knives. (laughs) I'm worried about anyone who has a relationship with their knives. (laughs) She was very intimate with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little gross. Mm -hmm. And that whole insinuation of Sully and Braddock was very, very gross. Yeah, no, thank you. No, I'd yeah. rather eat a Wahlburger. <laughs> that sounds wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me rephrase. <laughs> I would rather Please. I would rather eat a Wahlburger burger. <laughs> no thanks either, Donnie. Okay. No, I'm good. <laughs> All right, now let's have some fun here. Coming to goofs and nonsense. For that, please just watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get this out of the way. Even more so than the aforementioned Black Widow, we are not even pretending that physics exists. Well, yeah, in the in the games, it, it is a bit iffy. Right. I could excuse it if this were a halfway decent film. Mm-hmm. But I cannot. But it is not, therefore I cannot. Okay. Yeah, the whole helicopter flying the ship is bullshit. I never need to see a flying pirate ship again. Ever. Okay. (laughs) I mean, in the games, it was fun. And you could feel like you were in the middle of all that stuff happening. And you, you actually felt like the wind was blowing on you. Here, you just felt like... Okay, could you just fall into the water now? Wait, speaking of the pirate ship, can you please tell me who the hell is paying four to six billion dollars for this? Marky Mark. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Who are these people that are going to pay that much money for this hunk of wood? Like, I get it. It's a pirate ship. Cool. Blah, blah. But who's paying four to six billion dollars for the ship itself? Not the treasure. He said for the ship itself. I think he was referring to the gold in it as well. You are giving this movie too much credit, without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, that gold looked really, really soft. It looked like fucking gold-wrapped chocolates. Yeah. I'm surprised that all the keyholes worked and the keys didn't bend. All right. So hearkening back to Sam, young Sam. And young Nate, two teenage treasure hunters. They are the Goonies for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I gotta say, this is an awfully cush orphanage. 
Their bedroom is bigger than my first apartment. Yeah, I was just thinking that bedroom looks nice. Yeah. I was like, shit, Amy would live there now. Yeah. Well, not now, like three months ago, yes. Well, put it this way, if you were alone, you'd live there now. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And now we come to Little Miss Bracelet. Oh, this drove me insane. So this girl that sidles up to the bar where Nathan works, I say girl because she looks about 16 years old. Am I right? Yeah, she looks really young. I mean, she was pretty spot on for what they were trying to convey, that she's some kind of trust fund kid. And I thought, you know what, Nate, you should probably card her, number one. If he did, he would need to card himself. This is true. You know, funny enough, at least in New Jersey, I don't know what it is elsewhere. I don't know, maybe they changed it now. But back when I was a teenager working at a grocery store, we could actually sell liquor at 18 even though we couldn't drink it till 21. We could ring it up on the register at 18. People used to get so pissed because those of us who worked there that were 17 (laughs) and couldn't scan the beer, we would have to get a supervisor over to scan it for us and they'd have to fucking wait for the supervisor. Man, I always cringed. I always cringed. Anytime it was busy and somebody had beer till I turned 18, I'd be like, fuck, I know they're taking this out on me. And they did every time. That's just bullshit. Yep. Oh, and don't get me started on the blue laws. The what laws? Blue laws. A fun thing in, again, different states across the U.S. where you can't buy liquor on Sundays because it's the Lord's Day. Or you can't purchase liquor before noon or 9 a.m., whatever other arbitrary. Why? Because it's the Lord's Day, Amy. Because liquor is a vice. It's the work of Satan, Satan, Satan. All hail Satan. <laughs> Hell yeah, why not? I'm with him. <laughs> but people do realize that you can have alcohol at home and drink before noon if you wanted to. How many times have I told you to stop looking for logic in this country? So beyond the alcohol with Little Miss Bracelet, she has no name, so I'm just going to keep calling her that. She looks so ridiculous smoking. It is so forced and out of place. This girl has clearly never smoked anything in her life. And it's all just to see his stupid lighter. Yeah, she doesn't even know how to hold a cigarette. No. I say as a former smoker. Yeah, like who the hell cast this girl? The same idiot who thought the pinky ring was a good idea? (laughs) Yeah, and she she does come across as privileged and immature yeah i actually thought she was like some kind of spy or some kind of secret private investigator because i'm like this is not believable in any way so i was surprised when she didn't come back I'm like oh the movie's just that bad okay i got it wait she was so bad so you thought that she was being bad on purpose yes because i did not find her believable as a human being doing the thing she was doing now i say to you you gave this movie too much credit <laughs> She has a name. Really? Yes. What is it? Zoe. Is that so? Is that according to the IMDb? Yes, and they managed to take three pictures and put two pictures of the wrong person. <laughs> oh, IMDb. The inmates are running the <laughs> asylum over there. 
<laughs> okay. Now, again, not a gamer, but I know enough to know that games have parlor scenes where, especially with Uncharted, you know, getting Nathan on board. So we have this parlor scene of Sully convincing Nathan to join him, but fucking arrest Mark Wahlberg again here for cinematic theft because this is just Indiana Jones than the Last Crusade. This is the Cross of Coronado and the Grail Journal. Mm-hmm. Entirely. Like Har- Harrison Ford should sue someone. Or Spielberg. The entire film industry as a whole should sue. <laughs> They've stolen everything. Now, with the card, the, the Ocean's Eleven thievery, you mentioned, like, mm-hmm. we don't see the sleight of hand or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much worse. So much worse. When Chloe steals this cross from Nathan. She was following COVID protocols. (laughs) Seriously, she's like two feet away from him the entire time. Does she have magical fucking powers? Maybe. I mean, who the fuck knows with this movie? Maybe she has telepathic thievery skills. And who the fuck runs into a fountain when you're trying to run away from someone? That is worse than Pretty blondes running up the stairs in horror movies. Yeah. You just had to get them wet. Yeah, I think you're right about that. That was the whole point of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, this movie's nothing. We gotta make Holland's t-shirt stick. Yeah, and the girl have the sexy wet hair. I don't know about you. In my life, I've never found wet hair sexy. It's just a pain in the ass. Women do not find wet hair sexy. Men think wet hair is sexy because they do not have the long hair. And when it comes to that, man, I know you've never experienced this. There is nothing worse than having your goddamn hair freeze in the winter. Yeah, I've never experienced that. But I experience feeling like a drowned rat every time I go under the shower. (laughs) Oh, speaking of water. Okay, our... Underwater Papa John's shenanigans here. Mm-hmm. Um, afterwards, how are they still in touch with Sully after being essentially drowned? Everything should have short-circuited. Yeah. Yeah. Have they developed some kind of a completely waterproof underwater electronic device that I'm unaware of? I mean, if there's four to six billion dollars somewhere just laying there, then sure, why not? Okay, now I have another game question, or maybe mm-hmm. game question. I don't know. Why did the giant jars of salt just collapse for no apparent reason? Because the plot wanted it to. I see. Okay. Well, in the games, there are points where you think you're on safe ground, quote unquote, and then something happens. And then you have something called a quick time event where you need to escape from it and you feel genuine fear because your character dies and a lot of the tropes with the uncharted games is while you're climbing there's a lot of climbing in uncharted there's no climbing in this movie come on what the fuck are you doing you've got fucking spider-man that is an excellent point again what a waste yeah a lot of times while you're climbing these obstacles and there are bricks and handholds Many times those handholds will break and then you your character's scrambling to get back to safety. They kind of tried to take that with the spot with the salt, but 
it made no sense. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned no climbing and you have Spider-Man. There was something like that that stood out for me too. And I think it was supposed to be funny because they kind of held on it. But again, it just fell flat. When Nathan said, I forget whether he was saying it to Sully or Chloe, but he's like, I'm not really much of a dancer. I think it was supposed to be a ha-ha inside joke because Tom Holland's an amazing, classically trained dancer. Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, it worked way better in Spider-Man Homecoming when he was like stepping on Marissa Tomei's feet. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. That was sweet. Yes. Yeah, and I always, I guess it stood out to me because I usually, when it's done well, I find it cute. In movies like mm-hmm. that, you know, when an mm-hmm. actor can, is known for being able to do something like, I remember there was an episode of The Nanny. Uh, she was known, I mean, modern day, I love Lucy. So of course she was known for the same thing of, of having old timey stars on her show. And she had Donald O'Connor on the show, who was a legendary dancer. And that his big problem was that he couldn't dance and needed friends help <laughs> to show him. It was adorable. <laughs> You know, I love that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But here, yeah. nope. One, it didn't occur to me. And two, if you're relying so heavily on your actor's persona and people knowing about him for it to be a funny joke, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I think that one was for the teenage girls on TikTok, you know, who they were clearly pandering to. Mm-hmm. I think the, all the shirtless scenes and the wet scenes were for pandering to them. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem is they would not be interested in a movie like this anyways. Right. The studio would be counting on them to go to it for two reasons. One, just for Tom Holland in packs of seven, because that's how teenage girls travel. And <laughs> two, with their boyfriends, because that's what teenage girls do. They just go along with what their boyfriends want to say. Right. And in the process, this movie made neither of them happy. Yeah, I have no idea what teenagers these days think. Well, it's unlikely that any of our listeners are teenagers, but if you are, please let us know what you thought of the movie. Or if you have kids who are teenagers, let us know what they thought of the movie. Or what you thought of the movie because you were forced to fucking take them. In which case, we are so sorry. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so last thing. After all of this, this movie has the goal to set up a fucking sequel. Yes. And they steal the idea of it from the games. Nathan Drake is not a thief. This movie, the studio, is a thief. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at this point, guess what, movie? I don't give a shit about Sam. Yeah, we don't. We didn't know he existed till Uncharted 4, but they did a good job to bring him in and do the whole can we trust him, not trust him thing, and then make him likable. Mm Mm-hmm. But in this movie, you can't trust anyone anyways, firstly. And then they bring us Sam, who left in such a shitty way and kept taunting Nate with all his wonderful postcards. Yeah, I did not understand that. Why would you do that to your younger brother who you supposedly love? Yeah. Okay, now I have, I have a plot question I need to understand. <laughs> I think you're barking up the wrong tree, but I'll do my best. <laughs> 
So Sam was on this quest to find this treasure and he got as far as getting the journal. How was he able to send clues to Nate on these stupid postcards about what was in the future to be discovered? And why was he sending Nate these clues? Did he think he was going to die? Was this like some sort of insurance for him? Did Sully actually try to make Sam do this at gunpoint? I will answer with this. So last night, my husband spent like two hours on the couch, on his phone, reading about the federal retirement system in the United States, trying to like Mm -hmm. plan out his future. And it had all these percentages and buyback stuff and things about different services. That was easier to understand than the plot of this movie. Okay, so when I was doing this whole buying and selling of houses, I did this without a third-party lawyer in the picture. And I had to go through a lot of documents, a lot of legalese documents. Yeah, for our American listeners, there are things work very differently where Amy is. There's no realtors. So it's every man for himself. And she had to do everything on her own that a realtor would, would normally do for you times a thousand. Right. And those papers were easier for me to understand than these plot holes. Yeah. If they are plot holes. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I think they're beyond plot holes. They're at some point, a crazy plot goes beyond plot holes and is just completely nonsensical. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how a major studio can allow a screenplay like this to be greenlit. Yeah. For a major motion picture, not just some B-movie piece of crap. I don't understand. Yeah, and also, this is essentially the first movie with with PlayStation Studios. It's the logo we see in the beginning of the movie with all these iconic video game characters that that are PlayStation exclusive. And this is the first movie. This, when I saw this movie the second time and the logo came on with all these characters coming in, I thought, fuck me, they're going to ruin all of them. And I already know that they're doing The Last of Us television show, which makes me wonder. Pedro Pascal, right? Yeah. Which makes me wonder that Naughty Dog created this game. So they have creative control over the video game stories up to a point, sure. But were they not consulted for this movie at all? Because if they were consulted, Neil Druckmann would have thrown this screenplay out the window. Well, you know, it's weird because there are some shitty Stephen King adaptations of good books that are terrible. And he wrote the screenplay, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're like, how did this happen? This doesn't make sense. So I've seen it happen elsewhere, even when there is a conversation, even when there is consistency. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand. I. If I'm feeling this betrayed as a player of these characters who spent maybe a fraction of the time that all these people and Naughty Dog spent creating these characters, I can't imagine how horrible they must be feeling. Yeah. It's like killing their baby. Yeah, because too, this movie might be a lot of people's, probably is, depending on age, a lot of people's introduction to this. And now, if it's bad... If they 
feel it's as bad as it is might never play the video game because of it. Like somebody who sees a bad movie before they read a book. Exactly. Yeah. Like for someone like you, if you ever decided to play a video game, you would never want to play an Uncharted game because of the movie. You're absolutely right. It's a shame. It's just, it's, it's a shame. So this week you and I are in complete agreement on the number of Infinity Stones that we give this movie. Yeah, we give it a two out of six. Yes, and that is simply because it's not as bad as the movie we're covering next week. We had to give that one a special place in hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The two is simply for the visuals. The visuals are good. You can't deny that. Yeah. The whole pirate ship, the the ocean and all of that. That was beautiful. Yeah, I will give them that. They didn't overly rely on green screen. They really shot on locations. Yeah. And it looked good. The movie looked good, but it wasn't good. Yeah, it made me want to jump in my neighbor's pool rather than watch the movie. Yeah, it made me want to jump in the pool too, knowing that I do not know how to swim because I would drown. Right, so that wraps it up. Thank God for Uncharted. <laughs> yes. So a few quick housekeeping updates. Thank you so much, those of you who have donated to uh, my GoFundMe campaign for my travel expenses to the National Women's Studies Association annual conference in November. Greatly appreciate it. That's a bit of a mouthful. I know. Yeah. I'm super excited. If you would like to donate, the link is in our show notes. And if you can share that on your social media, that would be amazing. Yes. And this presentation is fantastic. And on the Patreon side, we have our episode of our favorite movies for anyone who subscribes on any tiers on Patreon. And just for our $10 patrons, we have our very first monthly installment of Tea with the Madams. Indeed. That was a lot of fun. That was super fun. <laughs> For every month at the $10 level, we are chatting about the latest gossip and scandals and general idiots in Hollywood. Yes, indeed. Oh, we had fun with the DC verse, didn't we? Yes, we did, unintentionally being very DC, but nonetheless. Yes, along with lots to say about Mr. and Mrs. Affleck. True. Yeah. And of course, Ezra Miller. Ugh. That's his name. Ugh. You'll understand when you <laughs> listen to the episode. So that's at the $10 level on, on Patreon. The link is in our show notes. Go ahead and become a patron today for full access. Yep. Thanks so much for joining us at the movies today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Let us know what you think about Uncharted on Twitter and Instagram at the Madam's Pod and follow us there to get a hint for our next episode. Yeah, you could probably chart your anger levels for Uncharted. <laughs> That's true. Yes, and I realize I have already given somewhat of a hint uh, for next week's garbage heap. <laughs> <laughs> and visit our website, themadamspod.com, where Infinity Stones will always be a girl's best friend. Okay, one sec. You have one head. It's driving me camera. crazy. It won't go away. Keep trying to clip it.
It was kind of distracting. <gasps> I know it's distracting me too. It keeps get I have chapstick on. It keeps getting in my mouth. <laughs>